Hello, wrestling family. Welcome to Sound of Whistle with IHSA wrestling official Tony Clark. Each week, I will bring you interviews with prominent figures in the sport of high school wrestling. Uh, thank you, everyone. Tonight's podcast, we will be talking with IHSA state final official, clinician and rules interpreter, Shane Morgan. How are you doing tonight, Shane? I'm doing good, Tony. How are you? Doing good. Uh, tonight, let's just have a conversation. Um, about officiating, and we'll call it officiating using common sense. I mean, I think that'll be a pretty general topic, don't you? Yeah. So give me your viewpoint first on how do you think the officiating is going in Illinois? Because I know you uh, you go to other states, you talk to people from other places, you see different coaches. How do you think we're mm-hmm. doing so far? Oh, Illinois, I think, does pretty well in general. We are, I think we're one of the leading states as far as as how we want mechanics to run. There's our signals, I think, are very good. I know I've been to other states. Um, The general rules themselves can be different from state to state. I mean, I'm sorry. The general rules themselves are the same from state to state, but sometimes the interpretations that they have can be a little different. Um, And the mechanics definitely can be different from state to state. I think we do a lot in our clinics to make sure that we're trying to have all officials are using the same mechanics. I know we don't, um, but we do our best to stress this and get this across to our officials. And I, I think we are, we've definitely been noticed because um, for the last several years, I know we go up to Wisconsin and we do the Cheesehead Tournament and we've had anywhere from two to four officials working there. And we've gotten great compliments on how we run a match and how they can view what's going on just by how we signal. How do you um, think coaches from, uh, you know, just in your experience, how do you think coaches see us as a whole? Sometimes it's hard to figure. In the state of Illinois, you know, I, you're always going to have, you know, coaches that like certain officials, coaches that don't like certain officials. I think in general, we've gotten great compliments um, to not, not to name any, but I've had this past year some coaches of some, you know, prominent state dual team, you know, wrestling teams that have made it down there several years actually has said they think that the refereeing in Illinois is at the top level is as good as it's ever been and as consistent as it's ever been. That doesn't mean there's not flaws. He goes, but they they can they understand more when calls are being made and why they're being made. They don't always agree with them, but they can at least, there's a justification of why the call is being made. Uh, out of state, you know, we get, we get a lot of props. You know, a lot of coaches that I've seen in Wisconsin say they, we definitely call stalling a little quicker. Uh, and they like that we move the match along and, you know, have kids, you know, we hold them accountable to make sure that they're wrestling and wrestling in the center. And, but with that, we also call a little differently. So 
they have to adjust to that and you know they understand i i think we're more we're quicker to call stalling on the feet um i know in wisconsin they they kind of hold whatever kid makes choice so if you have a kid that chooses bottom they're going to hold that kid you know what you chose bottom you have to get away you know if you chose top hey you better be working harder than because you chose top that was your decision uh and the same thing you know you choose neutral you know you better be going after this kid because you chose that position so that they kind of focus more on that individual wrestler i've noticed um for us you know again it's a little different you know but I, I, I think we do a good job for the most part with stalling, but you're never going to have all coaches happy um, because nobody's ever going to call it the same. And as much as we stress with certain situations, match to match, even period to period, things are always changing. It, it's, I've always said, you know, kids don't wrestle consistently. So trying sometimes to call you know, to be as consistent as you can is not going to look as consistent just because the kids don't wrestle the same from match to match or from, you know, period to period. Yeah, I, I agree. That is uh, a philosophy we have tried to stress. Uh, you have, I, you and I have had multiple conversations about stalling. So let's, let's, let's look at a common sense approach um, that you can share with the officials Um and when it comes to stalling, like you mentioned the top and bottom position, mm-hmm. what common sense advice would you give that new or veteran official or that official who's trying to up their game, how to approach that? Take, I've always told up and coming officials or even officials that they ask me, you know, that are seasoned officials, you know, you have to take the whole match on itself. You, you just can't go, you know, moment to moment. You have to have the whole matches in there. Now, obviously, when you start it, you know, they're, they're, it's a fresh match. So, and we talk about in our clinics and we've talked about with the clinicians and the rules interpreter, you know, one of the things is who's dictating the match? Who's, who is leading the action? You know, who is being the aggressor? You know, who's reacting? Who's defending? And I've always said, you know what, if someone's scoring, even if they're scoring defensively, you know what, you're still wrestling. Now, if a kid is continually is not doing anything and backing and backing, and the one kid is pushing the action, that's part, that's part of the flow of the match, but you have to understand that. I've got a kid here who keeps putting himself in danger, and I have a kid who is backing up snapping a kid down to go behind you might be scoring but at some point i'm gonna have to warn this guy for stalling because he's waiting he's not driving the action i've always been looking for a kid who's who's driving the action if and i've also told people you don't have to necessarily look for the stalling because it will find you Stalling can be earned by somebody who is being very aggressive. Stalling can be earned by somebody who is being, you know, very non-aggressive, you know, or, you know, unaggressive and backing up. Um, And then you have the situational stalling, you know, 
sometimes you're forced to. There's a difference between two kids that have wrestled really hard the whole match and then one decides with 30 seconds left to go, I'm going to protect a one-point lead compared to one kid who's pushed the action for five minutes, you know, in 30 seconds and has built a two-point lead and then decides I'm going to protect that lead to a kid who now all of a sudden decides I'm going to start wrestling. That's the dictate of the flow of the match. And I know we've had the conversation too. One of the things that bothers me in Illinois, I don't think we give the top guy enough time in order to turn kids or just wrestle kids on top. We've been so ingrained over the years. And I think coaches are part of the problem too, because we always hear this, you know, Hey, he's got to come off the hips. He's got to come off the hips. I don't know anywhere in the rule book that it's ever stated that a wrestler has to come off the hips to wrestle. If a kid on top is working to turn, he's working to, to move a wrestler around. He's working to break him down. He should be allowed any opportunity he can in order to do that. And there's a big difference from just plain riding and holding a kid to wrestling a kid on top. And that's something I know in Illinois we can do better on. But sometimes it's hard because you you still hear old-time coaches, hey, he's got to leave the hips. And they want stalling, you know. With, With that being said, you know, the bottom guy to me has got to be if that bottom guy's not improving, it's hard for the top guy to turn him because if all he's doing is protecting and holding his position and covering and staying where you can't turn him, you know, that's where wrestling gets bogged down sometimes. And I think there should be a lot more, you know, my, I, a lot more stalling in the bottom because one of my philosophies is if the bottom guy's not working, you know what? I'm always going to hit him first before the top guy anyway, because I don't have to stop the clock. Just one of those things. No, and that's good. That's good. Uh, time management. That's that to me, that's a good way to, um, make sure everybody's aware you, you need some kind of uh scoring action or some kind of scoring attempt mm-hmm. to, uh, make you pull back from the stall call. So I, I think that's a good philosophy. Mm-hmm. I mean, in the perfect world, both kids are always pushing the action and always working. Um, but obviously, we don't always live in a perfect world. And sometimes, you know, that just doesn't happen. And the, and the best matches, you know what? In the high level matches you have, you, so most of the time, stalling's easy to call in those matches because you can see it better. The kids dictate it. You know, the kids are working, they're working hard, they're holding position, they're finding that one spot where they're going to get their shots in, they're working to get to there, that's easy to see. It's a, And it's with the rules now in place, I mean, if a kid backs off a mat without any pressure or not under attack, you know, we're supposed to hit them for stalling according to the rules now immediately. And these kids understand that and they're working harder to stay in bounds and they're working harder to gain that position they need to get a takedown or to work to try and score, which, you know, is a big difference than we had even from, you know, five years ago. 
Yeah, how how are you feeling about you know we've had multiple rule changes mm-hmm. uh, in the last five years. I mean, we you know went from a uh, singlet to a t- two piece uniform. Yeah, we've changed uh, supporting points from all to two or one of each wrestler. We have we're allowing pinning um, on the line or beyond the line uh, with certain modifications. So you know, in your opinion. Are these good rule changes? Are they positive for the sport? Absolutely. There's every rule change that has allowed more wrestling to take place, I think has been an improvement for the sport. Um, I know for safety concerns and for other reasons, the Federation, we're probably as far as we're going to go. But with the, it's so much easier now for the supporting points to understand that Instead of looking for what's out of bounds, you just have to know as long as we have two supporting points of either wrestler inbounds, wrestling can continue. And I think that's improved the sport tremendously. I, it is, it's allowed us, so, it's easier to make a line call and it's allowed so much more wrestling to go on. Um, the scoring with shoulders out of bounds and the pinning with shoulders and out of bounds. Um, and even now, you know, I know we had a little hiccup with the very first year with the toes and knees up or knees down, but now with just knowing the knees have to be within the cylinders so kids can properly use proper technique to get on their toes in order to pin somebody. Um, it, it's, it's good for wrestling. Um, you know, and one of the things we talk about, we go back to, you know, stalling. These are things that coaches understand better too. And, one of the things I, I know I've probably been slow or lazy on and haven't come up with it, but one of the rule changes I would like to see for stalling, and I've brought it up with a few coaches, and they would like it too, is kind of like college does. So if a kid drops below the waist, you automatically start a five-second count when you're on the mat. It's cut and dry, and it's clear. Coaches can coach to it. Wrestlers can wrestle to it. If you reach, if you're in college, if you reach that five count and they stay below the waist on the legs, then it's an automatic stall call. I would like something similar to that, you know, in high school. If you drop down below the legs and you're not improving, we don't, instead of trying to interpret if he's attempting to improve or if he's trying to build up, we just start counting. And if he doesn't build up from the mat within the five seconds, it's a stall call. Coaches can't argue it. They see you're counting. And with a similar thing, to take away the on the feet in the rear standing position. If wrestlers stand up and you're in the rear standing position, I would like to see us come up with a rule that's, you know, we start counting. I'm not looking for, is he attempting to bring him down? I'm not looking, you know, is either both wrestlers working? Is one holding? What's going on? Once we reach our feet and we can discuss a time issue on it, do you want five seconds? Do you want seven? Do we want 10? Whatever it is, if we did a visual count, if we reach that count and we either have not released or brought him back down to the mat, then it could be a stall call. Now, and this would only be in a rear standing position because obviously that's something that the offensive wrestler is still clearly in control. In any other situation, whether it, you know, with a single leg, you know, or some kind of wizard or body lock, it's going to be a different scenario. 
But I think every time I brought this up to a coach, they they like the idea because it gives them it gives them clarity, and it gives them something they can coach to with their kids, which when it comes to stalling is not always easy for them to do. And I agree wholeheartedly with everything you just said there. Um, what about the uniform change? Do you think that's been a positive? Mm, I'm I'm pretty neutral on the uniform change. I don't know. I haven't seen numbers that it's helped get more kids out. Some coaches have said it has. Um, I haven't seen a negative downfall either where, you know, I've heard guys, well, we're going to have so many more grabbing the, you know, uniform issue or getting fingers locked in. I haven't seen none of that. Uh, so if someone can show me the benefit that we've been able to get more kids out because of the two piece, then I'll say it's a positive. If not, I'm, I'm probably just going to stand and say it's window dressing. So um, I'm, I'm neutral on it. It doesn't bother me. I don't mind the two piece uniform. Um, I might be a little old school. I think I prefer the singlet still. Um, but if it promotes more wrestling and we can get some more kids out, then I'm absolutely all for it. What about the uh, semi-modification we made to the hair rule last year? Um, I think it's a good start. It's my understanding if we get the rule writ- written correctly, then we'll get rid of the hair rule altogether, which is something that um, – being even back in my wrestling days, I probably wore my hair a little longer than most people. And I was always skirting the edge of the rule back then when there were, they were a lot of hardliners. I think we've eased up even more over the years, but um, I've been a proponent of just getting rid of the hair rule altogether. I've, I've always never been a fan of it. I've never wanted to be the fashion police. Um, I would like to see if it's written in there. Cause I haven't seen what the new rule, you know, will be or could be. The only thing I want to see is that pulling the hair should definitely be illegal, but I don't think getting your fingers in. So if you put a deep half in on a kid with long hair, if you're grabbing, if you're putting a half in and the half in is legal and you have a hold of his hair, that should still be legal. What I don't think should be legal should be you should not be able to grab a hold of the kid's hair and yank the kid's head. That's about the only thing. Other than that, if a kid wants to wear a long long hair, the only person that I see that should be a detriment to is the kid itself with the long hair because it's going to get in his own way. You know, it's going to flop down in front of his face. He might not be able to see something. Might get stuck in his mouth. Um, but being somebody who you know wrestle and practice even still back in the day with kids that might have a little longer, it never affected us wrestling. So it, it'd be, I think it'd be a benefit of wrestling, especially with today and with how kids are, you know, that knowing they wouldn't have to cut their hair or alter anything about them. Um, it would be a positive for it. Great. Um, give me your common sense approach to how officials should, um, you know, help the coach through it with that question at the table or, you know, those situations that, that, that could escalate uh, out of hand and uh, burn our relationship with the coaches. So just give me your thoughts on those, on that type of situation. Oh, this could be a long one. 
Um, you know, we've always stressed knowing the rules is your number one priority as an official. And I know we've talked about it in the past and we, I try to stress when I'm in my clinics, handling coaches and personalities is probably the second toughest job. Um, needing to know the rules is the number one priority. How to interpret with the, you know, black and white, the intent, you know, and the interpretation of the rule. How you do this with coaches is the most important because as we've stated before, and for me, as long as that coach is fighting for his kid, I am going to give that coach all the leeway in the world. I, I really am. I'm not one. Um, I'm not one that hands out unsportsmanlike penalties easily. I mean, they, they're really going to be earned. I got a few, you know, few spots on me where the wrong word or the wrong thing said, if it gets personal, you know, then I can, I can still lose my temper. I try to be pretty cool, but I've always tried to stress to people, you know, going to the table shouldn't be a confrontation. It should be a conversation. You know, in the rule, it states, you know, there's supposed to be three things that happens at the table. You know, you either, you know, change, you, you can, we, I think, are the only ones that actually offer it. You can give them an explanation. You can, you know, the call stands and you penalize. Or you change your call. And I've always been a proponent of have the coach, even if you know he's questioning your judgment, have him ask you in a question in a manner that you can give him an answer that is going to make him at least satisfied with what the call was, whether he agrees with it or not. Uh, I think you once said, you know, when a coach comes to the table, as long as he's polite, you want him to be able to leave with his dignity. And I'm, I'm a big proponent of that. There's, there's no reason to be confrontational if I can just have a conversation. So quick to the point, have him, you know, if he comes to the table, let him ask me, you know, even if I have to direct him, he, he might come up there and make a statement and I'll change it and I'll go, I'm sure there's a question you want to ask me the right way. So I can get him to a point where I can then answer his question and he can either agree with me or disagree with me, but I can send him back, you know, to the chair so we can continue wrestling without having to penalize him. Because the last thing I really want to do is penalize any coach. You know, you see basketball coaches or football coaches on the sideline running up and down, screaming and hollering. And in our rules, our coaches are supposed to be you know, sequester to their chair when the wrestling's happening. And in some ways, you know, I know I'm supposed to hold fast to the rules, but in some ways I've always thought that's unfair for the coaches. I, I don't mind them as long as they're coaching their kids. When they decide they want to start refing the match with me, making the calls for me, counting for me, 
you know, these are areas then well I'm going to have a conversation and tell them they need to stop they need to coach their kids you know and we can continue wrestling and I think most of the time I've earned a good enough rapport with them that you know they do now they don't always do this with every official though and that's where sometimes we have to you know crack down on them a few times I guess um, yeah, to try to help uh, keep consistency in the ranks. Yes, um, and I and I I understand that, you know I understand your common sense approach to dealing with coaches in in that matter. A lot of that makes sense. Um, it's what Mister Knox threw at us down on the state floor about developing and, and elevating our people skills. Yes, and you know I I know I'm one of the few officials, you know. Very few things. Now, if I make a stall call and a coach gets up and he goes over to the table, you know, he better have a really darn good thing to say to me because if he's just going to question a stall call and I got to walk all the way over to the table, I'm going to say it's 99.9% of the time he's going to get hit with misconduct for that mm. because that is clearly a judgment call. And unless there was something that I missed, like I put it on the wrong kid, then yeah that's that's just not something you know that's that's something that is definitely will will cross my line as far as having a coach take me to the table but a lot of the other times you know i don't mind talking to the coaches so you want to come over to the table we can have a quick conversation and you know talk about what's happening in the match and i can give them an answer give them an understanding and you know we can go back and you know keep wrestling and we can sit down and just keep moving along yeah, true. Um, what advice or common sense advice would you give to a new official who who comes to you and says, hey, I really want a referee, but I don't like getting yelled at by the coaches or the fans? Mm. Well, that's going to be a tough one because that's going to happen no matter what. It It's not an easy job, but if you don't like getting yelled at, um, you're not going to survive doing this. And the best thing I can tell, you know, new or younger officials is, look, they're all passionate. You know what? Fans want their kids to win. Coaches want their kids to win. They, you know, people have yelled at officials for as long as there's been officials, for as long as they've been, you know, because dis- there's always going to be disagreements. You have, there are. Yes. There, you, you, you are correct about that. Um, but and, and there's a difference between a disagreement and um, what you call the lack of respect yes. on both sides. Because you've seen it, I've seen it, mm-hmm. where sometimes the official gets frustrated by the coach and then we use inappropriate um, tones and languages and yeah. things like that. Um, so how do you see that? uh, getting fixed fixed entirely. It's never going to be fixed. There's always going to be situations that arise. That's going to cross the line. And I have 28 years in now and there's still, there's still moments even now where a coach will do or say something that will, that will get me angry. It doesn't happen very often anymore, but it does. And I've bit, I've bit back and, you know, you've the same thing. You, you've worked a tournament, you know, 
you work a tough sectional, you worked all Friday night, you're working all day Saturday, and darn, you're into that, you know, first place and third place match, and you're you're just you're you're tired, you're you know you've been people have been on you all day, and sometimes a coach will say the wrong thing and you you'll lose your cool once in a while when you even when you don't want to it can still happen and i and i've always i tell everybody just remember if it doesn't get personal and that includes fans too now a fan a fan up there yelling you know hey you know call it both ways or even you suck stuff like that that's just what fans do now a fan uses your name and says something to you or says something threatening that's a different story. But again, for the most part, I, I, I don't, I can't hear them. I'm concentrated on the match. My focus is hundred percent on that. So I, I tend to wash out all of the uh, noise. Even if I, once in a while you hear something and even I'll giggle at it. Cause it's kind of funny, you know, that a fan might say, but for the most part, I really don't hear it. And the same with the coaches, coaches can be screaming and yelling all the time, but unless there's a break in action, or they take you to the table. I don't hear a lot of what they say. And I've told coaches in the past too. One of the things is, look, I don't, unless you get my attention, I assume you're coaching your kid. If you get my attention, you probably said something you shouldn't have because I'm going to ignore most of the stuff you say, you know, unless you're pushed, trying to push my buttons. So and I, do you I think, think a do you think a lower level or a new official can do that, or do you think that's something that the seasoned veteran has learned over time? The I ignoring think, of the some of the comments. Yeah, it, I think it's going to take time to do that. And I've told, especially newer officials, look, when you are working at a J, with the JV or freshman, you have to remember also the JV or freshman coaches. They, most of them, haven't read a rule book and don't even know all the rules. So if you can educate yourself and make sure you know all the rules and you have that knowledge to back it up, even if you have a disagreement, you can at least show them, you know, that you were right and what the, and as far as the rule was with the call. Judgment is always going to be disputed sometimes, you know, some in or out you know, control, takedown, that is always going to be disputed. I can't, I, I, we do the best we can with teaching this, but in the heat of the battle, when you're refing a match, your positioning on the mat is going to determine what that call you're going to make is. And sometimes the newer officials don't just don't understand the position they need to be in to make certain calls. So, and that's true. That's uh that's going to come with mat time. Yes and experience that's i agree with you that's a that's important but boy that's hard to teach it it is but and that's one thing that video i think has helped us on in the last five six years since we've been really getting into it and um dave ganaway was the first one i heard say this and i've always i i stress this to coaches too even when i've had a coach send me a video and say this was an awful call and i i stress back to him i go but i go you might think it's awful. I go, but can you justify why the official made the call from where he was? And you look at the video because it was Ganaway that said someone will disagree with it, 
and you look through the whole video and he was said he goes where that official was that was the best call he could have made because that is what he's seen from his angle it doesn't mean it's the right call and we always want to get the call right but it's depending on you know we stress getting into the right position and understanding where you need to be to make the call is a very hard thing to teach. And that is, that is understanding the wrestlers, understanding where they're going or where they can go and what's happening at that time. And you, you can be the best official there is, and you're still not always going to be able to get in the best position, which is why having an assistant and a good assistant is vital in the higher level matches once you get to the state tournament or in some of the better, you know, varsity tournaments in the year. No, that's good advice. Uh, those are some good uh, comments there. Um, what, as we close off here, what um, would you like to throw out there as, as your closing remarks to the officials or any coaches that may be listening? Oh, one thing for officials, and I know we're trying, but we have to keep recruiting. We're—I don't know what the answer is, um, but we need to—we need to keep growing our sport. And the only way we're going to grow our sport is to also grow our ranks in the officials. Um, I and I don't. I don't have an answer to that. I, we, we talk about it all the time. We've come up with different strategies. Um, we've had several officials that have put in a lot of time and a lot of efforts, especially in the last few years, you know, with recruiting. Um, and then, you know, our, in our own time, going and teaching beginner officials clinics, you know, from, you know, the Bill Honeycutts and, and Don McKeel and Nate Kesson, you know, they put in an awful lot of time and effort to recruiting these new officials and to getting them in there and then going and teaching classes. And, you know, I think Mike Herkus, too, up north. And I know I'm probably forgetting some, but we're, we're doing everything we can. But unless we have those wrestlers that are coming out of high school that either, you know, aren't going to go to college or are in college and they're going to be local, these are the guys we need to recruit. We need to, we need to get some to build our ranks back up so that we continue to have the highest level of officiating we can. Um, because like anything else, if you don't have new and younger employees in a business, eventually you know, the business will fail because there won't be anybody left to be the workers. Um, and I know as far as coaches go, I they work hard. They want their kids to succeed. We want to give them the best effort we can. And the one thing I've always stressed to them and with, with across the board, never in my life has I, I, you know, and I've heard difference of opinions, but from me, I've never seen an official want to miss a call on purpose ever. And nobody does it. And as angry as you can get about something that you disagree with, it's not personal. 
sometimes we make a decision that we think is the right decision that you don't like, but it's not a personal decision. We're just trying to call the match. You know, I don't care who wins. I don't know another referee that cares anybody that wins. And I don't want to look bad. And I don't know another official that wants to look bad and have everybody come down on them because we know all those keyboard warriors out there that'll go on, you know, Illinois Matman or, or Facebook and say, well, this guy's awful. And why is he down there? And, you know, why is he working these matches? It's like, well, best answer I can give some of them is we worked enough of the high level meets that put ourselves in these positions so that we can do the best we can. And yet we make a mistake. We're the ones that have to live with it, whether it's a mistake or not. So, but I mean, in closing, it's just every, every official I know wants to do well and wants to be right when he makes that call. All right. Well, I want to thank you for uh, taking time out to do this for us. Uh, I really, really appreciate it. I'm quite sure our listeners will. And I definitely uh, look forward to interviewing and talking with you again down the road. Okay. Well, thank you, Tony. All right. You have a great night and you and your family stay safe. You too. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Be sure and follow me on Instagram, ILWrestlingRef, or you can follow me on Twitter at AssignerGuy, A-S-S-I-G-N-R-G-U-Y, to be notified of new podcast episodes. Thank you and have a great day.